April 8, 2022, the first all-civilian space mission, the Axiom-1, takes to the skies on a SpaceX rocket. On board, Dayton area realty mogul Larry Connor. I'm thrilled and honored to be up here. The responsibility is for this first civilian crew to get it right. A 17-day mission to do space experiments that will hopefully translate to major medical advancements back here on Earth. On TV, we only get a few minutes to share each story. But here, we get to tell you all the details about stories that are important to Greater Cincinnati. I'm Stephen Albritton, and this is WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. On behalf of the entire SpaceX team, welcome back to planet Earth. Today on the pod, Larry Connor is back on Earth and back on the pod after his history-making mission to the International Space Station. We talk about the experiments on board, what it's like to live on the space station, and that legendary view looking down at Earth while traveling more than 17,000 miles per hour. Here's Larry Connor. We are back with Larry Connor, two feet back on the ground on planet Earth. Larry, thanks so much for joining us once again. It's good to talk to you again. Good to see you again now that you're uh, back from space, which is a very cool thing to say. So the first question I have to ask, how was it? Yeah, Steve, happy to be back with you. It's great to be back in Ohio. I was gone for almost six weeks between uh, mission and uh, quarantine. And yeah, I would use the words uh, extraordinary, exhilarating, challenging, a lot of work, but unique. Uh, I mean, you went into space, one of only a few hundred people ever to get to do that, which is awesome. You know, when we, when we spoke a few weeks back, you know, I, I mentioned that a, a lot of pe- things people talk about is just the view. Can you take us through what that view is like when you get up there, turn around and look back sure. at Earth? Sure. Fair question. But I cannot do it justice. Uh, you can go on the Internet. You can look at a lot of pictures of them taken from the International Space Station, specifically what's called the cupola, which is the observation area where there are seven windows. But unless you've been there, peered outside, literally seen the Earth and even the curvature of the Earth, seen the sun come up or the sunset. Keep in mind, we're circumnavigating the globe once every 90 minutes. So you're in light for 50 or 60 minutes, and then you're in dark for 30 or 40. So that's pretty unique. And you're traveling 17,500 miles an hour. So literally, for example, one day I was up there with uh, Mateus, who's the European Space Agency astronaut, We were coming over California, you're high enough. It it almost looks like a map. You can see the outline of California. Five minutes later, we were passing over the top of New York City. That's incredible. It it is a very, very uh, unique perspective and certainly one of the two or three highlights. And take us from the outside to the inside. You know, people hear about the International Space Station, but if you were to describe walking in the door, I guess, you know, the cabin door opening and you floating inside and starting to live there for, you know, about three weeks or so, what's what's that like? Yeah, so it is in fact a flying lab. You know, we did some 25 different experiments encompassing 150 hours of research. We had a very, very aggressive uh scientific and medical research schedule 
And but ours were only a portion of what goes on there. You know, the NASA astronauts, that was crew three, immensely talented, committed group of people. Um, there are essentially a half a dozen different modules and some storage area. So to have eight people there, it's a fairly tight living arrangements. I was fortunate in that the SpaceX Crew Dragon that we flew there and docked, uh, I actually slept in there. And so I had a bit more room than, uh, you know, other, uh, other people. But like anything, you know, you adapt, you're in zero gravity, so you float every place. I fortunately got the hang of kind of floating or flying, depending upon your perspective through the modules. Other people will tend to uh, struggle, but it too was another highlight. And the, the weightlessness, I mean, I'm sure, and we'll, we'll touch on it more when I ask you about the, the whole flight part of it in general, but I have to, I have to imagine, you know, you being able to sit straight up and somebody being upside down, but they're still also straight up and down had to be kind of jarring as well. So picture this, we're in node one, which is where we generally ate our meals. There is a table. And so now what you have is maybe you and I and one or two others sitting around the table. There's two people above you turned upside down, looking down at you. They're having dinner together. And there may be somebody over in the side wall sitting that way, looking this way at you. And everybody is normal and, and eating in zero G, which by the way is challenging in and of itself. And when you open the food, we ate the same food that all of the astronauts did. For example, if you get rice, you better hope it's sticky rice or otherwise it's going all over. <laughs> and then you're going to have a challenge to corral the food. Oh, gosh, that, that's such an incredible experiment. So uh, for experience for you. So take me back to the experiments. You know, we, we talked about you guys had so many hours planned. Did you guys meet the goals that you were trying to meet? Did the experiments go as expected? I know you probably can't get into too much detail of what you guys actually did, but uh, take us through the experiments. I mean, I, I'm sure some good is going to come out of this. So here's a brief overview. Uh, as I said, 25 uh, different ones. I had experiments both with Mayo Clinic and Cleveland Clinic centered around heart, brain, spine, and uh, aging. Uh, we were very successful, but I have to tell you, we were only successful because of the immense help that the NASA Crew 3 was. Had it not been for their time and talents, we would never have accomplished those. And quite frankly, from the day we hit there, the first five or six days, we worked 14 hour days, got up at 5.45 in the morning, started at 7 a.m., didn't finish till eight or nine at night. And our mission got delayed. Instead of 10 days, it was 17. Well, the extra first three or four days, we really needed to finish the experiment. So overall, based upon what the scientists have told me, uh, they were extremely thrilled with what we were able to complete. Yeah, so it sounds like those extra days kind of worked out in your favor. They did. Blessing in disguise. That's great. So, okay. So take us back, lift off, docking, undocking, and then re-entry into earth. Take us through all of that. Cause it's something, you know, not many people have been able to experience, experience. And, you know, I described it as, you know, you're, 
strapping into a controlled bomb that's firing me off into space. What's that moment like when T minus one hits and it's go time? Yeah, so basically you give a no-go with 45 seconds left. And uh, so we, uh, in this case, the commander said to SpaceX, we are go for launch at 45 seconds. Uh, nine Merlin engines that power the F-9 uh, Falcon SpaceX rocket. We're sitting at top of that in the uh, what's called the Crew Dragon uh, capsule. Uh, you know it's powerful, but it's very smooth. It's actually quite safe. But once you lift off, you start accelerating and you're like, oh, my God, is this thing accelerating? We got to outer space in under nine minutes. Then we had 19 hours before we docked. That's pretty much what they call nominal, pretty straightforward. We did have a bit of an issue docking, but we got that uh, that resolved. Uh, I was handling all of the comms. We had a problem that the commanders uh, suit lost comms. So I did everything with Houston and uh, SpaceX and the other partners around the globe. So I was really thrilled to be able to do that as the pilot. Undock, I managed that and the comms all the way to undock and departure. But the most dynamic was the deorbit and splashdown. We basically went from 100 miles above the Earth to into the water in five or six minutes. And it is very dynamic. You're free falling out of the sky. You've rotated the crew dragon. You got the heat shields up. We can look out a portal and see some flames coming on the side. We had cameras to see the drogue chutes deploy about 12,000 feet. The main's about 2,500 and then the splashdown. Yeah, it, it was exhilarating. It, it sounds incredible when you describe it. You know, you're flying back through what's supposed to protect us and it's setting the outside of Crew Dragon on fire because you guys are trying to punch through the atmosphere and you get through it with no problem. I have to ask you, how, how are you feeling? Because, you know, from things I've read over the years, you know, being weightless for three weeks has, a, you know, takes a toll on your body or your gut acts differently, your eyes act differently, brain as well. How are you feeling? Yeah, so you get what they call space brain, which everybody has it to some degree up there. I think mentally I was operating at about 85%. So I was still good, but you could tell that your processing has slowed down. Uh, after splashdown, yeah, I was nominated to be the first person out of the capsule, uh, which by the way, generally with the astronauts, a lot of times they bring them out on a stretcher. I said, I'm walking out, if I fall, I fall. But if you see the first couple steps, I was a little wobbly. But uh, yeah, I've been fortunate and recovered uh, really quickly. I'm not back 100%, uh, but but I think another probably week and I'll be, uh, I'll be good. But yeah, I've been able to walk. Some people it affects more. I've been kind of fortunate it hasn't affected me uh, as much in terms of walking and uh, motor skills. Oh, that's great to hear that you're uh, bouncing back uh, fairly quickly from your trip. So, you know, final question for you, you know, what do you hope the world takes away, you know, from this historic trip, you know, the first all civilian trip doing experiments three weeks up there, came back safely. You know, what do you, what do you hope the world takes away from what you guys did up there? We believe that space is the next great frontier of opportunity. 
But I also believe that you need the private sector in concert with NASA and its international partners to really uh, propel these opportunities forward. And with it comes great opportunities for America to lead in terms of uh, startup businesses, businesses growing, great careers, great paying jobs, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so hopefully we knew when we did this, it was a big opportunity to be the first all civilian crew, but big responsibility to get it right. And based upon not what we thought, but everybody has said we were able to accomplish that. So hopefully this is one step forward and, uh, uh, you know, great uh, space exploration that benefits not only Americans, but people worldwide in the future. Wow. A team from Axiom One, NASA, SpaceX, Larry Connor. Thanks so much for giving me a little bit more time now that you're back here on Earth. It's still so wild to say it out loud that you're back here on Earth after going to space. Larry, thank you so much and uh, we'll hope to talk soon, okay? Great. Thanks, Steve. All right, we'll see you. To hear more about how he was feeling before he took flight with Axiom One, scroll back in your podcast feed. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This has been WLWT News 5 Beyond the Studio. I'm Stephen Albritton. Thanks for listening. We've all seen it. That check engine light in our car. Do I check it now? Check it later? Can I keep driving? That one light doesn't tell you what you need to know. And if you get your weather from a symbol on your phone, you're not getting the full story. WLWT Weather has the only certified most accurate forecast in Cincinnati. It's where you get the difference-making details. You'll know exactly what to expect and when, so you can plan your day. WLWT Weather, Cincinnati's certified most accurate forecast.